touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your boy Bear Motter with Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. The Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. I am super jacked today. We've got a lot to get to. I've got a special guest. I'm really excited about him. Uh, we got Austin Hall. If you guys don't know, he actually writes for us at LockdownRams.com. So go check out some of the stuff he's posted. Austin, how you doing today, bud? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. Uh, really excited. Off season rolling along, but yeah, after, it was it was a fun fun draft. A lot of good selections. Yeah, man. We'll get to the draft. We got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, we. Ended up with tons of picks. I mean, it felt like we were trying to collect every sixth-round pick in the world uh, during the draft, but oh it worked God. out. We got some right? great people. Um, we'll get to that, and then we'll get to some of the undrafted free agents that we picked up that will you know, get a look in camp, and then we'll go over kind of uh, what we think the division did and how we stacked up uh, here in the NFC West. Uh, but overall, I want to get your instant reaction, thoughts of the draft after it was all complete. How would you feel about it? It was probably the most fun draft that I've ever really, really, really paid attention to. Every year that rolls around, I just get a little bit more into it every year and every year, you know, just making my own mocks, uh, position rankings, stuff like that. And I, I just love that this year, even day of the draft, five minutes before the draft, nobody knew what the heck was going to happen. And I think that's the fun of it. You know, you go back a few years ago, every, just about everybody knew it would be it would be Winston and Mariota, and then and then it would be everybody basically knew it would be Goff and Wentz, and right. Miles Garrett was the shoe in for the number one overall pick last year. But this was just a fun and such a unique draft because the Browns and company just completely uh, were just a changeup for for the for the rest of the thirty one. And I never would have thought Baker Mayfield was going number one overall, even the day of and yeah. the day before when you know there were there were whispers like it could be him, it could be him. I thought there was no way. It was just a smoke screen. They were trying to throw their teams off because they knew Darnold was their guy, and they had known that for a long time. But, I mean, Baker Mayfield tricked everyone into thinking he's the best quarterback in the class. And then three picks later, drafting Denzel Ward, you know, all it, all it takes is one pick to completely throw off every mock draft that was made in the past few months. And uh, I thought they should have gone Chubb. I mean, how fun would Chubb and Miles Garrett be to watch? But, obviously, Baker Mayfield going one overall. And even that drafting Denzel Ward at four, that just completely changed the whole outlook of the first round. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And starting at the top was just how exciting this draft was in general. And, and you talk back going a couple years and just even watching ESPN and NFL Network coverage, like just trying to think where this is going to go in 10 years, you know, as far as yeah. the coverage, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the interactiveness with the fans and what they set up there in Dallas that stage was awesome those screens were great I mean the the whole draft itself has just become so crazy but one thing you know you're right you the first pick and their fourth pick and all of a sudden everyone and their mom's mock draft is out the window right like everyone's (laughs) like well crap I just spent you know six months doing all these mock (laughs) drafts every day and the Browns select Mayfield number one so Mm -hmm. I was shocked too Mm -hmm. I mean honestly where I stuck right before we started this draft is I, I would have taken uh, Barkley number one, and then you could have gotten your quarterback at four there with Mayfield. I don't think anyone was really sure. touching him at that point. But when you're up there and you've got the number one pick, you got to be in love with that number one pick. you got to want to really you know, yeah. lay it out there on the line. And for some reason, 
Uh, you know, what I said again on the podcast here in an earlier episode was if I had even my quarterback that I was going to pick, even if I thought there was 0.01% remind me of Manziel, I was going to stay away. But obviously they didn't see any oh, yeah. of that, and they jumped all over him. And uh, I think it shocked a lot of people, including uh, Rosen, who obviously didn't seem too happy dropping oh, where oh, he did to Arizona. <laughs> nope. uh, we'll get to that as far as the NFC West, but I think they picked up one huge there as far as development and with Bradford, who, you know, Mr. Glass himself getting injured every year. So mm. um, not, a, not a bad pick there. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. As far as, the, as far as the Rams go, taking a look at the full picture, how do you grade them? How do you think they did? Overall thoughts on, on Rams draft? Yeah, overall, really, really solid draft. Not having a 23 overall was uh, unfortunate, but getting Cooks was definitely the right decision. You know, he's, he's, he's acquiring Brandon Cooks is more of a surefire, so to speak, compared to taking your chances on a, on, a, on a rookie kid. And that stability at receiver makes, you know, the loss of Tavon Austin that happened day two of the draft, it makes that a little bit easier, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm totally so, in love with, with what they did there. And, you know, Les Snead said they played highlight tape of Brandon Cooks when number 23 was on the board mm-hmm. and basically said, hey, this is our guy. Yeah. Can't get it wrong. You know, the guy's averaged 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns over the past three seasons. He's, he's a day one starter. He brings the stability after, you know, thankfully getting rid of Tavon and we can get there at some point. And then obviously Sammy Watkins leaving. So love that in the first yeah. round, obviously, but it took forever to get to our pick in the third round. Oh, yeah. I mean, day oh, yeah. two, even I'm just sitting here going, you know, what do I do for the first, you know, for that second mm-hmm. round to stay busy? Because yeah, I didn't gosh. think we were, dra- we were trading up, which we, we didn't in, you mm-hmm. know, in that position, but then we go out and um, you know, we get, note boom who you know is still i feel mm-hmm. like i'm gonna mess up his name just by i always want to say notebook i don't know why but <laughs> mr boom himself offense alignment thoughts on that pick coming out in the in the third round good well you know first of all it was interesting because 87 you know 87 overall they traded two picks back with the raiders right and until that point i was thinking like it could be arden key it could be you know this kid that i wrote about on locked on rams that's just an unreal talent that has had off the field problems and then they traded two picks back and it was the Raiders that, right. that got him right. that picked him so it suggested that they felt like they didn't need him and they were going offensive line all the way so that kind of surprised me I would have liked to see what Wade Phillips could have done with Key but as for Noboom uh, he's a good player it, it wasn't a surprise that they went tackle I really really liked Oregon's Tyrell Crosby that was still on the board but Noboom is a really good player consistency is key for him he shows flashes of technique the hands and the athleticism but he just needs to do it more often. You know, he was he was really good in Senior Bowl one on ones. You know, Senior Bowl week is you know this set of practices and of course the game where the one on ones can make you a lot of money. And No Boom was one of those players. He can cover ground for his size. He's got some speed. He needs to add some weight. He's not the biggest offensive tackle, but overall he's versatile. He played right and left. And some of these college left tackles, you look at them and you know, like okay, they're slow footed. They definitely need to move to right or physical limitations result in them needing to bump down the guard. But no boom is different. He's a natural tackle, and he's going to be a solid back and tackle of the future in any one of the spots. Yeah, I think that's what they liked about him there is his versatility, especially coming in, not expecting him or needing him to be a starter is, listen, go hang out with Aaron Cromer, go hang out with Whitworth, learn the position. And if for some reason we have an injury along the way, this guy can fill in. And you see a lot of that during the NFL season is, 
you know, uh, your right guard goes down or your right tackle goes down and they're like, well, this guy's going to, he's usually a center guard or, you know, you get a lot of that flexibility. This guy yeah. can play this or this. And I think that's where it added him a lot of value. You talked about his, his year at the senior bowl or his performance at the senior bowl. We all know Mr. Less senior bowl Sneed uh, enjoys those guys. So mm-hmm. to show out there and then last year only gave up two quarterback sacks, yeah. one QB hit and 10 hurries with a total of 13 QB pressures on 486 pass blocking snaps in 2017. All were yeah. career lows over his three seasons. So uh, he's coming off a good production, um, you know, protecting the QB. And I think that in, in the, in the mm-hmm. big scheme of things is really what kind of stood out. And, and they saw his potential, right? This guy doesn't need to go in right away. We, we've got a great team building around him. And you saw that with our fourth-round pick, you know, our second pick in the draft, number 111 overall, yeah. and it goes to Brian Allen, another guy. Mm-hmm who had all Big Ten honors from Michigan State, another guy who was a senior who played, you know, four years in college, six foot one, 298 pounds. Pretty excited yeah. about him. My favorite thing about him, two things. One, uh, didn't allow a single quarterback sack on 488 pass-blocking snaps in 2017, only gave up four QB sacks across a 1,300 pass attempts in his career, uh, which is amazing yeah. in itself. And my other favorite thing about this guy is when he was called by Les Snead, first of all, he was chopping wood to start a fire. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Oh You're like, God. that dude is a dude. <laughs> and then he, he dropped, you know. Put him on, put him on my O-line. Exactly, Definitely. exactly. And then when he was told, he said, fuck yeah, I'm excited. And he said, I don't know how that's going to go on social media. I love that. Dude's excited. Um, he had passion. He's excited. What did you like about Brian Allen? Yeah, it's good. You know, he's he's got the pedigree. He's the younger brother of Jack Allen, who is another Michigan uh, Michigan State center. They have similarities, but Brian is more talented uh, than his older brother. He's he like you said, his entire career he's been called um, too small because of the physical limitations that you mentioned. Six one, barely three hundred pounds. He's more of a conventional offensive lineman. You know, he he might be pegged as having only a center only designation because he can't do some of those versatility things as a guard, but he does play the center position really, really well. He doesn't have the length or quickness to really wow you and be a first or second round pick. He's a death pickup and that's okay for Sullivan because he's going to learn a lot behind him. And I mean, Brian Allen, he did it for so long at Michigan state. He's going to stick in the NFL for a very, very long time. Definitely, man. If you can hold down the center position at that consistency in the big 10, where big 10 is known for Mm -hmm. their ground and pound running the football, I think in general, a lot of teams, especially in college, start to get to that run and shoot. But, you know, that ground and pound in, in Big Ten, that's what it's always got done. So uh, if you look back yeah. at, at his, you know, quarterbacks at that time at Michigan State, the quarterbacks aren't jumping off the chart. It's the running back position that's done it. He's a great uh, run blocker. Yeah. So I'm excited to see again. Put him, you know, with Soli and Cromer and get him some experience. We know those guys, obviously, Soli and Whitworth don't have – too long with us here in LA. We hope we're hoping for yeah. a good two, three years at max, but we want to build that depth when it's there. Uh, so I love this pick as much as it is, you know, no one's jumping off the couch. I didn't jump off the couch in the third round or the fourth round at our picks, but I shook my head and I said, I get it. Twitter's not going to love it, but I yeah. get it. Right. So, uh, but this is Definitely. for me personally, where the draft starts heating up for us. Right. Once we got into the fifth round, mm. um, you had mentioned we trade back earlier, uh, we finally get a fifth-round pick, uh, which super excited about. And then we go and get Micah Kaiser, right? Linebacker, 
um, yeah. has got this you know, great pedigree is when I say that he won the Campbell trophy, which is basically the academic Heisman in four mm-hmm. years. Yeah. He had 411 tackles, 19 sacks. We have yeah. to understand he didn't play much as a freshman. So all those are coming mostly mm-hmm. over three Red-shirted. years. Um, this guy was a stud it led the ACC three years straight in tackles. Only other person to do mm-hmm. it. Luke Kinkley. So I think he's in pretty good company as far it. as playmaking ability. I was stoked to see finally filling that need of a linebacker at the 147th overall pick. Your thoughts on, on Kaiser? Kaiser is a really, really good young player. An off-the-ball inside linebacker all day. He's not the flashiest of guys, but the production is unreal. And as a sophomore, second-team ACC in his first year starting, first-team AP All-American as a junior insane and, and a third team all-american this year um over 400 career tacklers he doesn't necessarily fit these new the, the mold of these new nfl linebackers because his range is average his coverage is a little bit more limited and he doesn't offer that um necessary like scheme versatility but kaiser is so experienced and he's he's going to compete because that inside linebacker job alongside mark Barron is wide open Corey littleton had a start uh last year ramik wilson is going to compete and also Bryce Hager, who's been in that locker room for a long time. But Micah Kaiser, he, he just gets it. He gets the game. He, he can diagnose plays fast, getting sideline to sideline. He's going to earn playing time if that's in that spot, even if he's not starting. Yeah, he's definitely up there as far as one of my favorite picks here. We'll discuss that a little bit later, too. But um, the Rams didn't cool off there. Uh, people were calling mm-hmm. for this pick. It ended up coming in round five, number 160 overall. And this guy, I'm going to have to practice his name because it's a tough <laughs> one. Obo. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. Yeah, drop it for me. All right. Agbania Okoronkwo. Otherwise Woo! known as Obo. Probably going to go by. <laughs> Obo go and Obezi. Man, I, I saw him on Twitter as Obezi. And I'm <laughs> nice. like, you know what? That's, that's where I'm going to live. I'm going to live with Obezi, and that's yeah. going to be it. So we're, we're good. And he is good, too, as a player. He, I'm surprised because he was an easy second-round pick easy second round pick and he just seemed to slip because he doesn't have necessarily the length and the strength that people want from their edge guys he was co-big 12 defensive player of the year lived in backfield this season in a really good offensive conference with 17 and a half tackles for loss he's only 6'1 250 and teams are scared that he can't hold up against uh tackles at this level and that's understandable but he had a good combine good vertical bench press ran a 4-7 um, a lot of that, a lot of those measurables make up for the height issue. Now he's not amazing against the run, but he's not going to ask me to do that to do that as much. Um, he attacks, he attacks offense. That's where he's going to make his money because his instincts as a pass rusher are really, really good. And even though he's not as big, he's got that deceptive power that's really going to take tackles by surprise. Outside linebacker, as you know, it's a thin spot, so he'll be in that trio of. Uh, Longacre and Samsung uh, Ibukum, who's these guys are going to thrive off of the interior, off of you know the the, the trio of Sue, Brockers, and Donald. It, it's going to be the edge guys that are going to get the sack numbers, while the inside guys are just wreaking havoc in the middle. Okoronkwo was a solid pick. Yeah, I love it. Um, Obu is is you're right. He's going to just wreak havoc on you know playing off of those guys in the middle. What I love about him, he's a natural playmaker. You watch his film, and he's yeah. flying around, mm-hmm. and he's fi- he's finding the ball. And if he's not making the tackle, you got to think about who we have coming up 
you know, swallowing up everybody. He may force a guy out and, and put it into another uh, player's hands for that sack. A couple things I loved about him. Pro Football Focus had him ranked as number 40 on their big board. So we get a guy that they rank mm. at number 40. And if you don't know, we're big fans of Pro Football Focus here on the show. I think those guys mm-hmm. know a little mm-hmm. bit about what they're talking about. They graded him at 86 overall. And you talked about that run defense, which you know is not his strong suit. They still had him at an 88 uh, grade on the run defense, which puts him in the top five of his class. Uh, you mentioned that he had 17 and a half tackles for last year. That also had eight sacks and 76 tackles overall. Mm-hmm. The guy's a stud. We, I, you know, watching and following yeah. on with Rams Twitter um, on during the draft, people were trying to get him to be picked in the fourth round. And here we are in the fifth mm. round, you know, number 160. You know, we, we went and got Kaiser um, before him. And so to see that he made it all the way down to Huss, this is one as you're reading other people's, um, you know, draft recaps. This is a pick that everyone seems to really love where we got him at. So super excited about him and what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sounds super excited to come join. A funny story about him that I saw the Rams share was he was actually sleeping when he got the call. He woke up to people waking him and like, oh, dude, really? your phone's ringing. And uh, woke up and uh, he said he just burst into tears once he heard, you know, Les Snead said they wow. were going to pick him. Wow. You know, so I love another thing, side point on this. I don't know how much you got to follow, but um, the Rams shared mm-hmm. a lot of those calls that they made, and they were awesome. Those draft day calls yeah, they were, are they were. super cool. I mean, we saw a lot of cool ones, obviously, um, you know, with Griffin getting picked and his brother and, mm-hmm. and that whole thing. But there mm-hmm. were a lot of really cool draft day stories as far as, um, you know, seeing some of these guys that got to join the team. So that was another one. Super excited about having them, where we got them. And OBZ, got to be the best nickname of the group so far. So as we talked about, the Rams draft really heated up in, in those four, five, six rounds. They didn't stop. Round six, number 176, John Kelly uh, picked out of Tennessee. I love this pick, man. He was fun to watch uh, at Tennessee, going back and even just watching some of his highlights after we drafted him. That game against Florida where it was just like every other play was a highlight play. He's got a great stiff arm. He's got awesome juke ability. Um, this guy obviously being picked in the six rounds, got to have a little bit of chip. He's great out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Tell me what you think about John Kelly. Could not agree more. My favorite pick of the draft, the Alvin, the Alvin Kamara comparison, right? Just as advertised, just as advertised because this kid can play. Uh, he's got balance. He can catch his pro day 40 was in the four fives. I will take that all day. And that's a, that's a solid time. And exactly what Kamara's was the same the reason Kamara switched is they didn't think he had, um, they didn't think he had the power, and they didn't think he could create, let alone have the straight line speed. And a lot of those same things are getting said about Kelly. But Kamara showed that you don't need to check every single one of those conventional boxes to be a great NFL running back. But uh, like I said, not the biggest, not a grinder back, but he's got wiggle in the open field. He's he has great soft hands. I love the Kamara reference because you're right. All those things were said about him. Uh, both coming out of Tennessee and you know the thing that he does have that you see that pops off is is that strength right he had he was not taken down by first contact on 36 percent of his runs he also gained 1,128 of his 1,500 yards after contact in the last three seasons yeah three 
6.5 yards after contact per attempt. Are you kidding me? If you mm -hmm. block this guy for okay. three yards, he's going to get you another three. I mean, it's unreal what he's done. Exactly. Obviously, stepping up to the NFL, a little bit different of competition. But you can tell the way mm -hmm. this guy uh, plays in the games, what we've heard of him, you know, who he got to play with and see what he got to do. And when I'm speaking in Camara, um, I'm expecting big things. We didn't have a backup for Todd Gurley. Going into this, obviously, we had Malcolm Brown. Yeah. We tried the Dunbar thing. That didn't work out. So we needed mm -hmm. to draft a guy. We didn't really want to give that third-round pick on somebody up near the top or do what the Seahawks did and reach mm -hmm. for running back in their first pick. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll see how that we'll turns get to out. That. We'll get to that. Yeah, that guy's a stud, but you know, I don't know about there. But um, I love this pick. John Kelly is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. He fits right into what McVay yeah. wants to do, which is you know pass the ball on little dump downs to his wide receivers. Slash. Mm -hmm. Another thing I think is underrated about this guy, he can block. He's a great running block blocker. He did Willing. a great job um, in, in what I've seen for, for picking up the block. So obviously you always want to get better. It's a different level coming up here. But the guy understands blocking schemes. So I'm excited about what he's going to bring. Uh, I think I can't agree with you more. This is, a, this is another great pick, um, you know, for, yeah. for where they got him, especially, man. And one last thing I saw, he ranked seventh among draft-eligible running backs in yards per route, which was 1.53. I even think Ooh. that's low for what he did. But, um, man, the guy can mm -hmm. catch the ball. That's what's exciting in this offense. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit more on him. He, he's got that wiggle. He's got that juice and that that unique running style that made Kamara so effective. And it's interesting that um, McVay not only wants to get this guy as a backup to Gurley taking a chance in the draft, that's kind of what I hinted on, on the podcast a few months ago. That's exactly what the offense needed. And considering how effective Kamara was last season against the Rams, he had 31, uh, you know, a solid, he had an okay 31 rushing yards, but it was the 101 yards through the air that I'm sure – uh, Nick Vay figured out they need to get a guy like that, and I'm sure he has a plan for him already this season. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked because not only did we get a running back to really back up Todd Gurley, but we got a guy who I feel pretty comfortable with just going like, let's let's let this guy loose, let's work him into the offense. He's not just mm -hmm. a guy to yeah. get in there and give Todd Gurley a breather. He's a guy that when he's in could be this one-two punch with Todd Gurley. And I think last year we just saw one punch, one punch, one punch. It worked out, but people yeah. are going to start to really – understand that game plan around that so this really gives our offense some flexibility to you know continue to mm -hmm. move forward so i love that pick especially where we got it super jacked about that it's those type of picks that make this draft class like we talked off the top really really well you know that grades us in that b to a range so stoked about that mm -hmm. uh from there we go the sixth round 192 overall and we pick up jameel demby he's offensive tackle uh, for he was a four-year starter out of Maine, six foot five, three hundred nineteen. Yeah. Uh, they said he's got lots of power. Uh, played as a true freshman. Comes out of a small school, but another guy. Yeah. I think at this point we're just kind of collecting some, you know, offensive linemen and you know get him in there, work with our group, and and really just add young depth. Because if you look at our O line, mm -hmm. we're getting older. And we don't have a lot of people signed, you know, past, you know, 19 yeah. and further. So there's going to be some, some decisions to make, whether it's careers or re-signing guys. So this gives us that flexibility at least to add some depth. Yeah, Demby's a good player. He's a project, but, you know, in the sixth, in the sixth round, it's, it's Project City. That's kind of what you, you get what you're paying for with that. And, yeah, from main offensive tackle, he has the size and the length of an offensive tackle. 
but I think he will be bumped down to guard. He's a mauler, and his feet are good but not great. It's because of uh, his play strength and what what he can do in the run game. I think he has a. I think he can have a strong future being a backup offensive guard in this league at either side. He's got the punch, and um, if he can just play with more control, he could be a solid backup guard on this team. Yeah, and that's just another you know point to to go look at with Cromer. It's just you know get these projects with him. I mean, he proved to himself last year as being one of the best you know, offense alliance coach and, and dealing with what he's got and making them better. So I'm excited to get these young guys who, you know, down in this sixth round that you may look at as a project or, you know, he's got some of the tangibles, but he needs some help. Uh, that's perfect for our system right now because they don't need to get in the game right away. But if we can build them up and get them to a point where we can get them some experience, that's going to be all the better. So uh, from there, we're still in the sixth round. Shocker. We had like 19 sixth round picks at one point. We did move a few. Uh, to move up, but this yeah. was our 195th overall pick. We picked Sebastian Joseph, defensive tackle out of yeah. Rutgers. Uh, this guy's a workhorse, and he is a sturdy run stopper. He's not coming in to chase the quarterback. He's going to go fit up on that D-line with those guys and give some breathers if he can you know, make yeah, a push definitely. to make this team. Uh, 35 tackles in 2017 and a, fourth, and a forced fumble. Uh, again, not a big target on, on the uh, passing game, but again, just a big dude, run stuffer. Yeah, it's Sebastian Joseph, and it's the, it was the, uh, the second fourth-round pick after Brian Allen that uh, we didn't mention, John Franklin, or John Franklin Myers, as he sometimes goes by. These guys can be, um, you know, everybody talks about, you know, Sue, Donald, and Brockers up front, rightfully so. It's that second, it's this, this year, the soon-to-be second group of Easley, Westbrook, and now these two guys, Sebastian Joseph and John Franklin, these guys, it, you know, it's obviously going to be, there's obviously going to be a drop-off, but it's not going to be as big as people are expecting because both these guys can play. Sebastian Joseph, ideally, he's a big run-stuffing three technique, while John Franklin is that intriguing, coveted, big 3-4 defensive end. He played defensive end, um, at uh, Stephen F. Austin, almost 300 pounds. And I think he's most suited for the 285-pound range. Uh, he's big. He's nasty. He can lock guys out. His wingspan is almost seven feet. Um, both these guys, yeah, both these guys can really play their way into that second unit and um, take some of the pressure off of those stud starting guys. I like both those picks a lot. Yep. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we continue in the sixth round, and it goes – Back-to-back, we've got Trayvon Young and then Trayvon Howard. Man, that's going to trick me up. we Mm -hmm. got Trayvon and Trayvon. (laughs) So, uh, thankfully, we're putting last names on jerseys. We get a little confused out there. Uh, But D-end and then uh, Howard, who's another six-foot linebacker. So, we went D-end linebacker. Yep. And another guy who comes out of – Howard, who comes out of TCU. Another guy who just made – plays he recorded 44 run stops on 310 running snaps that was second highest run stop percentage in his class um the guy's a playmaker comes out of tcu like we mentioned uh, he's got tons of quick quickness and like you said that undersized linebacker but he's a ball magnet man this guy's always flying yeah, around definitely. and making plays i believe he's a three-year starter over there and he feels very comfortable mm-hmm. in the Former big safety. game Former safety moved him up, and we, we've seen that here. And that fits perfect in Wade Phillips, right? He, Wade Phillips takes what he's got, and he works you into the best situation. So those two picks back-to-back, thoughts on those? Absolutely, yeah. Traven Young, a real unfortunate injury that he had uh, two seasons. Um, I believe it was 
two about two and a half years ago on a solid movable defense got hurt and then he finally made it back this year and just an unfortunate thing about him is that i've personally uh i knew that young was a good player good edge rusher i've never noticed an injury like that apparent as i saw with young and even though he still has tons of talent he adds that edge depth if he can if he can kind of find his way back into the play style that he was uh 2015 early 2016 he's going to be a really really he could be a really really solid backup and be kind of a late you know sunday uh sunday start if needed be and as for Trayvon howard he's it's funny because him and Kaiser almost represent the two, your two um, modern day linebackers. Kaiser's old school. He's not much of a cover guy. He's gonna he's gonna take guys on in the run fits. He's gonna be he's gonna be a smart player. He's gonna get guys lined up. As for Howard, he's an athlete. He's undersized. He's a former safety. A lot of he has a lot of those Mark Barron traits. And if Wade Phillips wants you know, a, a strong kind of Kaiser-like presence across from Barron, then Howard can end up being a, not only a good special teamer, but a nice backup for him because he's fast, he's athletic, he tracks the ball. He sees, like, he's one of those C-ball, hit-ball linebackers that it's becoming uh, much more common. I, that's a steal of a seventh-rounder. And same could be said about sixth-rounder, yeah, Trevin Young. Dude, I know I, that's what I love about it. You just, I mean, just hearing you talk is getting me excited about these guys and how they fit in because everything you're saying is so perfect for what one, what the need is for the Rams, and then two, what you know, Wade Phillips is best at. He's best at taking those guys, moving them around, and especially with what we've got up front and then what we have in the secondary. I mean, we've I've made this joke 50 times, but I'll make it 51. Is they could put me and you in at linebacker and we'd have a top five defense. So. Um, don't forget, we've got a couple of those guys you mentioned earlier that are already on the team that they've got a lot of confidence in. Ebocum being one of them. Uh, Littleton's another guy I know they have you know, high expectations for. So just throwing these guys into the mix, hoping to see their energy come through and really get some playing time to make some of those plays is what's really exciting about this group. And then, you know, last but not least, at pick 244 in the seventh round, Justin Lawler, D.N., he was two-time All-ACC first team out of SMU. Another guy, just a stud. Um, last year, in his final two seasons, uh, he racked up 15 and a half sacks, 30 tackles for loss, and is just, is just a monster. And again, when I talked about pro football focus, they had him 106 on their big board. And here we are picking him oh. at 244. So I understand everyone's got a different big board right but i'm gonna stick belief in in pro football focus that we've got a pretty good deal down at 244 if they had him at 106 um he was the 10th highest pass rusher as far as productivity in 2017 he generated 22 sacks 22 quarterback hits and 94 qb hurries in a total of 138 qb pressures over his 884 pass rush attempts over the past three seasons so yeah. this guy is used to getting to the quarterback i mean 94 qb hurries in the past three years i love that uh this guy is gonna be mm -hmm. a great pick for us and really someone uh at this position or this place in the draft was you know something to get really excited about a seventh round pick yeah definitely another you know uh late wade phillips experiment that I would not be surprised in the slightest if he turned out to be way uh, more impressive than his draft value and his dra the draft number next to his name would suggest. But, yeah, this guy was a high school power lifter. He shows flashes of that in one-on-ones. I was blown away with his four-sack outing and a four-tackle for loss outing against UConn. He just lived in the backfield that game. But while he doesn't have you know those traits and those numbers and all, and all that stuff that all, so many scouts get enamored with, he's got – 
he's got some of those intangibles, that football character. He he finishes the job in the backfield, and yeah, he'll he he can definitely make the team, or if not, be a camp body that can um, maybe get the call in the future. Yeah, that's the interesting thing coming into this is you know looking at our roster, we had some spots to fill. You know, our roster wasn't completely filled out. We got to get some players into camp to figure out who's going to make that 53. But these are the type of guys you love to see that can come in, compete for a position. You draft multiple guys at that position, you know, that got, you know, really good track records as far as NCAA. Bring them in, have them go up against each other and see who makes it. And speaking of bringing in other guys, we haven't even gotten to the undrafted free agents. Rams Nation, we'll be back tomorrow with the second half of this NFL draft breakdown. Awesome. All right, brother. Take it easy, uh, man. Yeah, talk to you soon. Have a good night. So, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Till next time. Peace.